chemical industry's toxic pollution in the USA. Um, Amnesty's noted that the production of plastics by petrochemical plants is set to double by 2040, despite the fact that it poses environmental pollutant and health hazards, to say the least, particularly in communities of color. That does it for our show. Democracy Now! is currently accepting applications for a major gifts officer. Check it out at democracynow.org. I'm Amy Goodman with Juan Gonzalez. Don't drive high. You could hurt yourself or someone else and get a DUI. Remember to talk to your passengers because it is illegal for them to use cannabis in a vehicle. If you feel different, you drive different. Join the Cannabis Conversation at Cannabis.ny.gov. And you're listening to radio station WUSB, Stony Brook, operating at 90.1 FM and 107.3 FM, as well as over the Internet at WUSB.FM. The time is 6 o'clock on a Tuesday, which means it's time for Off the Wall.
And a very good evening to everybody. The program is off the wall. Emmanuel Goldstein here with you on this delightful Tuesday evening. Joined tonight by an illuminated Kyle. Yes, I'm quite illuminated here. What do you have there? I have the spotlight. And um, I've been thinking a lot about social social isolation and... um, well, seasonal affective disorder, you know, when you don't have enough light. Sad. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's sad. And so sadness can be hard. It, all, it can also be beautiful. And so I've been thinking about um, just my own personal lived experience and the many ways we fail at communication and relationships. Mm-hmm. Hard to get into all of that in one hour. Um, perhaps there's a slot, a week-long slot I can take. But... Yeah, this light is helping me get the show started. Are you sure that's that's good for you? Because you're shining it directly into your face, and it's kind of bright. Okay. I is mean, that better? I'm not telling you how to do it. and just say, Well, don't shine it on me. I, I, I can't tolerate those kind of bright lights. No. Okay, all right. I, I avoid the spotlight as But you seem so much happier I, when I do that. Yeah, seem is the key word there, because I'm really not. Um, but but I, yeah, know, that's, thanks I'm, for asking. I'm, I'm glad it works for you. Well, it's hard not to ask when, when you have something so bright. Well, I, I just, I'm happy to explain my method. I, I, mean, I can't even see you. I just see the light. Yeah. <laughs> which I, I guess is what you want. We all need to see the light uh-huh. from time to time. And that's, uh, yeah, that's what we do here in radio. So what, how, are, how are you? I'm okay. You're, you know? you're there. I'm I, here. I am here. Uh, and, um, yeah, you know, um, for seasonal affective disorder, you need the season, and I'm waiting for the season to come back, I'm waiting for winter to come back, you know. And and I know people are going to get all excited about Groundhog Day and, oh, did the stupid thing see its shadow, and what does that mean? You know, look, February is the month that we have um, uh, at least a hope of significant snowfall, so um, I'm uh, keeping my fingers crossed for a while. And it'll be spring before you know it, and everybody will be um, all happy about that. And sprung. Yeah. Hey, but you know what's coming uh, this spring, which is kind of exciting, and I forgot about it. Um, a total eclipse. Totally eclipsing. Brand yeah. new total eclipse is coming, and this one, unlike the last one that we broadcast on the radio, um, it's going to be visible to a, a large part of the country, including parts of New York. In fact, uh, if I can find the map here, yeah. See, there's a. Well, I can't show it on the radio, obviously, but I can show you, Kyle. You see that that strip going down the country uh-huh. uh, from upstate New York all the way down to um, uh, Texas into Mexico, um, and um, that'll be happening on April the eighth, um, I believe. I'm gonna make sure I get the date right. Yeah, April eighth, 2024. Total solar eclipse will um, cross the United States from Texas to Maine. So, um, if you've never experienced something like this, now is the time to start planning. Actually, to be honest. The time to start planning was last year, because that's when you could get uh, cheap places to stay uh, before they realized, wow, we can charge five times the amount for this uh, hotel room in this part of the country, and um, uh, they'll all be sold out. And that's the case now, pretty much. So you might have to um, uh, do some uh, finagling to figure out how to uh, pull this off. Um, yeah, I made plans. I, I, I'm not going to tell anybody where, but in a part of the country that I think has a good chance of having clear weather... And um, um, yeah, a, a good a good view of the eclipse. Do you remember the last one that we uh, saw in Tennessee? Oh yeah, yeah. I uh, that experience is uh, definitely logged and and uh, in my mind. I I 
think, I mean, what about it do you want to share? Right? We, we've recounted it multiple times. We recorded it for this very um, radio program. I'm actually busy this the weekend that's coming up. I have other plans, so um, it's it's tough. But uh, that is an important thing to do because I remember just the traffic when we were driving around. It was, mm-hmm. like, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there are different parts of the country, I think. It's not Tennessee, right? Tennessee's... Uh, I'm not sure if Tennessee... That's where we were last time, but I'm not sure if Tennessee is on the uh, in the path. I'm looking. Hold on. Um, Ohio, uh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, Tennessee. Bloomington. Uh, no, actually, it's Indiana. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, maybe maybe this one misses Tennessee. Well, okay. You know, they can't get all the, uh, all the eclipses. And they do move. Uh, as far as your full uh, vantage that um, um, you get that period that it's totally in, in total darkness. So, anyway, it's a, it's a fun thing to do. Definitely bring people that haven't done it. I, I'm um, excited that people will be able to experience it, especially people that have never done that before. You have to, um, you have to get the special kind of glasses. They'll manufacture and sell that alone is um, something you also would need to plan for. Well, you order those now. They're cheap. Yeah. Just get them. Uh, and um, in addition to accommodations, it's a whole process, but a lot of people get involved and um, do account for traffic. You you may need to bring some snacks for um, uh, afterwards and, and uh, have a plan. I know you had a great plan. So anyway, we, we don't have to get into it. But Well, the state's uh, affected. Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Missouri. Illinois, Kentucky, which is next to Tennessee, by the way, uh, Indiana, Ohio, uh, Pennsylvania, New York, Vermont, and New Hampshire, and Maine. So if you're in or near any of those states, you have a good chance to, uh, to see this. Uh, but again, you know, you got to uh, make sure the weather is clear because it's only four minutes of totality. Um, you know, there'll, there'll be an eclipse for a while that's not a total eclipse, and that, that's the, the, the part you're not supposed to look at. But when it's a total eclipse, for those, those four minutes, it is safe to look at the um, at the eclipse itself because it's not the sun. It's being blocked by the moon. And uh, seeing it in that state is is just one of the most phenomenal things. I'll, I'll never forget that. So looking forward to the next one. And they don't happen often. Okay. What do you got there, Kyle? What do I got? Um, well, the um, period for my light has um, has switched uh, off. I'm no, I'm now in total eclipse for the remainder of the show. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm I'm glad that you checked in. Well, I'm I don't have any stories though. Okay. I don't bring stories to this show. No, no, you bring facts. Well, I mean, I bring I can bring lived experience and my narrow um, um, opinion mm-hmm. on on. Uh, that experience, but it's it's really it's it's nothing to uh, to um, you know ascribe expertise to. I'm just along for the ride, like everyone else. So no, I don't have any stories. Okay, no, I was asking if you had uh, anything else to contribute because uh, you seem to be focused on something. So I was on the on the uh, eclipse part. No, we're done with that. Oh, good. It's only yeah. Four. I mean, oh, good. Well, well it's short. They, they they basically arrive and then they disappear. So no, uh-huh. um, I don't know personally. No, I didn't really want to expound much more. I know that's not really well. I mean, uh, anything momentous happened in the past week? We um, had the yeah. I mean, I'm pretty much sort of sort of stayed out of 
the news cycle. I have been watching a little bit of some of the slower governmental stuff, but I know that case happened. That was that was that, wild. That, that for, case, what case? For that former president with Eugene Carroll. Oh yeah, that was. Uh, I don't know. I didn't really notice. What was anything. it eighty-three million dollars he had to pay, or fifty-eight million? Sure. I, you know, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I guess the numbers like that—they're all the same to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, big. Uh-huh. And I don't know. I, I'm not really. But, but my point is not to talk about that because I'm not really. I'm not really. I'm, I'm still on kind of a diet. I don't want to. I don't want to consume a lot of that. Uh, right now, because it, it's it's just really some of it has been very grim, and and I know that especially in this season, you can compound those feelings, and it, it really can take a toll. And I'm really present to the cost, the cost of mm-hmm. of how um, hard we can be on ourselves and and others, and and we've seen that in society, locally, and and in the wider world. So I'm just. Uh, you know, I, I'm a particularly sensitive person, so I get I get really um, sort of stressed, and stress can be really, really um, bad for people. So I've noticed, yes, yeah, <laughs> can be. You, yeah, yeah, you're you're coping. Everybody has mechanisms, so yeah, you're. Um, well, my mechanism was getting sick. And, you're definitely uh, yeah, a fan I, of de-stressing, and yeah, I don't know. You so can share your. Uh, I don't want to. It's just. <laughs> It's not something I really want to share with people, but well, your techniques for for uh, mitigating is what I'm figuring out ways to to uh, get out of the way of stress is, is is very important, and and recognizing that is is super important. Yeah. So, and I, I'm just I guess inoculating us because I know that the stories you brought might not all be stress free. Well, that's, it depends. I mean, look. I don't see what's stressful about hearing how Trump lost in court. I think that's a happy news story. Okay, it is. fair, fair. Some people, yes. And I, you know, Most people I'm, would I'm, agree. I'm, I'm watching this woman on TV, you know, uh, uh, yesterday celebrating. It's really weird, though, you know, seeing the conservative um, uh, news broadcasting uh, saying that um, it's irresponsible for her to be happy. They're literally saying that. They're saying this is going to cost them the election. This is going to cost, you know, Biden the election because... She is talking about how she's going to celebrate by spending Trump's money as if she has to, like, uh, be all um, um, uh, negative and and serious faced and all that. And, 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 you know, just, I don't know, uh, do something, quote unquote, responsible. Uh, She's already been through hell. You know, she's 80 years old, which is incredible. She's, you know, looks looks, you know, much younger than that. And somehow she has been able to um, to show up in court and fight this this tyrant and win twice. Uh, I, I think it's something definitely worth celebrating. We should all be celebrating that. It's um, it's a victory for women everywhere. And um, uh, yeah, she has every right to be happy. And uh, anyone who says otherwise, um, they're they're the problem. They're the problem. And um, it does not stress me out at all. It makes me feel like there's hope for humanity when, when, when things like this happen. And fighting back against bullies, you know, that's kind of our theme here. So hopefully more people are encouraged to do that, and hopefully more of the bullies are taken down. Um, in Illinois today, uh, Trump was not taken down, though. Uh, the Illinois Election Board uh, today kept him on the uh, state's primary ballot, which um, is a week before the U.S. Supreme Court hears arguments on whether the Republicans' role in the January 6th attack uh, disqualifies him from the presidency. Uh, this was a unanimous ruling. It comes after its hearing officer, uh, who was a retired judge and a Republican, 
found that a preponderance of the evidence shows Trump is ineligible to run for president because he violated a constitutional ban on those who engaged in insurrection from holding office, but the hearing officer recommended the board let the courts make the ultimate decision. Uh, the eight-member board, composed of four Democrats and four Republicans, agreed with the recommendation from its lawyer to let Trump remain on the ballot by determining it didn't have the authority to determine whether he violated the U.S. Constitution. I don't know. Um, I kind of agree with this. I mean, um, kicking him off the ballot, I don't think would be a good thing, much as I want him to be kicked off of just about everything. If you kick him off the ballot, what happens? You know, uh, best case scenario, he, he just withdraws from the race and you get Nikki Haley. Well, Nikki Haley, I think, you know, if um, if she can win over all the uh, angry Trump people at that point, would be a formidable opponent to Biden, a much more formidable opponent, opponent than um, than I think Trump will be. So I don't know. You have any feelings on, on that, Kyle? Um, the political calculus that you're laying out is probably sound, and I'm probably with that. I, I'm not 100% sure because I haven't thought it totally through. But I, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, but the the uh, I, I'm in a, a, a place of cruel ambivalence. Uh, <laughs> if uh, that we have to deal with it at all, or that it's uh, a topic of our attention, mm-hmm. because it, it stars me of uh, my own introspection and and the other kinds of work that is so important to our society. Well, you know keeping society from falling apart, which is, I think, what would happen with a second uh, Trump term. I think that's that's a pretty high priority for everybody. And, um, you know, I, uh, people who are um, um, dissatisfied with how everything is going, first of all, you're never going to be satisfied with how everything is going. But if, if, if people don't see the importance of turning out in droves to prevent what is, is, is um, seen by so many around the world as a, a, a descent into um, into fascism, um, nothing is worth turning out for. Well, don't be mistaken. I'm, I'm not uh, unwilling to do the work. But I'm, I'm not, not talking to you. I'm talking, I'm talking to a right. lot of people out there. I think, there. well, the, a lot of those other people, too, are... are um you know, tempted by that ambivalence, but it's, it don't, don't be mistaken. There is, there is absolute willingness to do what work is necessary, unfortunately, and mm-hmm. an embarrassingly, uh, to maintain this system so that at some point it may be, may be a more perfect union, but, um, we don't have to be thrilled about it. No. It's, it's still insulting. No, you won't, you won't it's catch still me. You won't, won't catch me being thrilled. Yeah. Definitely not. And I'm fully unimpressed. But, we got to turn out. We got to show up. We've got to uh, fight this fight because not doing that, the cost is it's just irreparable. I, I was talking to some people that were asking kind of along the lines, and I, I did mention the youth vote. And I, I, I say that a lot, and I think there is some power in their unity and their um, sort of networkedness and. Uh, um, savvy, what you, whatever you want to call it, the hope for maybe what was my generation. But I think there is this thing of new voters coming into the electorate that we can't ever discount. So I'm, and that, that is both voters, but also energy mm-hmm. both, yeah. and, uh, and message like um, a message that uh, is fresh and that ma- uh, masses of people can get around. And I think there's some coalescing and some, some, truths that like Nikki Haley, candidates like Nikki Haley have tapped into 
to whatever end. I mean, wherever that goes and, and however refreshing that is for that camp. But, um, broad swaths of society, though, I think can uh-huh. be energized by what isn't new and, and, um, invigorating about this upcoming election cycle. So I don't know. There's, there's always some, uh, something on the horizon to, to be yeah. anticipating. And you have to, you know, you have to weigh things. Uh, you know, there's always going to be something that you can point to that you're really upset about with the Biden administration. Absolutely. Um, but think about what turning your back on that would mean. It would mean you're turning your back on abortion rights, on health care, on infrastructure, on, on uh, unions. So many things that are clearly emboldened by uh, uh, the Biden presidency. That would be destroyed under Trump. Absolutely uh, destroyed. Yeah, th- this is this is the whole Biden Biden sucks thing. I mean, that's that's great. Like that that's a flashy or sort of like um, glib way to put it and be about it. But let's be real. Like he himself is not what this administration is. He has selected people that are competent, right. and that is in stark contrast to what the alternative has and is mm-hmm, mm-hmm. been. And if you, if you, look, if you look at um, uh, trouble in the world today and uh, try to point the finger at Biden for that trouble, think about how it got caused in the first place. And many times you can find your way directly back to those four years when Trump was in power and the things that occurred then. Um, and... Um, Cause and effect, you know. But uh, speaking of the the young voters, um, Taylor Swift. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I never thought I'd be talking about this, but I've heard uh, of her. Yeah, well, you all have heard of her, and um, she's headed to the Super Bowl. And guess what? She's triggering conservative pundits along the way. Oh yeah, I love it. This is just so. I, I mean, I didn't see this coming, but uh, yeah, I'll I'll take it. Um, she um, uh, appeared on the um, on the field following yesterday's, actually Sunday's game uh, between Kansas City and the Baltimore Ravens. Um, it sparked a fresh wave of social media vitriol and the resurgence of some conspiring that her near dominant place in U.S. pop culture must be the result of some sort of psychological manipulation effort, known more colloquially in fringe circles as a psyop. Um, one also of the, known as culture. One of the most uh, viewed posts came from the right-wing Twitter account End Wokeness, which describes itself as fighting, exposing, and mocking wokeness. Yeah, the account uh, shared a post Sunday suggesting that Taylor Swift's overwhelming popularity over the past year was due to uh, uh, malign forces. Um, Okay, what's happening with Taylor Swift is not organic and natural. It's an op, the account posted. We all feel it. We all know it. Um, Swift had already been experiencing increased scrutiny from some football fans annoyed at her media exposure uh, during NFL games as cameras seemed to pan to her every reaction. Uh, I imagine some football fans might be a little annoyed by that. Uh, She told Time Magazine in her Person of the Year interview that she has no awareness of if I'm being shown too much and uh, pissing off a few dads, brads, and chads. (laughs) Uh, But more recently, uh, some right-wing pundits have uh, suggested without evidence that all the hype around Taylor Swift could be part of an orchestrated plot to draw up hype for the Democratic Party in a presidential election year. 
Now, <laughs> one of our favorite people, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, um, remember him? He dropped out of the Republican primary race earlier this month. He shared his own conspiracy theory yesterday, suggesting that the Super Bowl would be rigged to favor an artificially culturally propped up couple who he believes will reveal a major presidential endorsement this fall. Just some wild speculation over here. Let's see how it ages over the next eight months. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Pentagon uh, shut down similar right-wing accusations this month after conservative commentator Jesse Waters claimed that Swift was a potential front for a covert political agenda. Uh, yeah, it's real. The Pentagon PSYOP unit pitched NATO on turning Taylor Swift into an asset for combating misinformation online. Uh, Waters said, referring to a clip from a 2019 NATO Cooperative Cyber Defense Center of Excellence conference that appeared to show a presenter naming Swift as an example of a powerful influencer. At the end of the segment, which aired during his Fox News show, Waters said he had no evidence of the conspiracy. Uh, the, the speaker in the clip, Alicia Marie Barger, told um, a Business Insider that her comment was taken out of context. She has no connection to the Pentagon or to NATO. And the Pentagon spokesperson, Sabrina Singh, described Waters' commentary as a conspiracy theory. Uh, Swift, um, just for the record, was um, almost entirely apolitical until 2018. Yeah, what do you think happened then? Uh, that's when she endorsed two Democrats in Tennessee, where she lived as a teenager. She said, in the past, I've been reluctant to publicly voice my political opinions, but... Due to several events in my life and in the world in the past two years, I feel very differently about that now. She wrote that on Instagram. The uh, post came after the pop superstar had faced scrutiny from fans on the left for her silence on various political issues. In her um, Netflix documentary, Miss Americana, back in 2020, she expressed regret over not speaking, uh, speaking up against Trump during the 2016 election. So, uh, yeah. This is real. I mean, she's, she's going to speak her mind, and she has every right to. Well, impressive in that, and a lesson, I think, for us all, is about speaking up. And, I mean, regardless of the platform, there are expectations of all of us individually and the sort of identity that has been cultivated um, outwardly and in our interactions, and some of that might be from external externalities and and um, careers or family pressure or all kinds of things. In her case, this image of being a celebrity, of being um, a musician that inspires, has a lot of people, young people, following her every move. The scrutiny is unending, I'm sure, and has been for many people in in the spotlight and in in the public eye as a a personality like this and a, a acclaimed and an accomplished musician. Um, include to that, you know, like it's just even more so. So, like you know, globe trotting and all of that pressure can narrow what you actually are saying, ultimately. Because your identity and it's sort of your decisions, your choices in life have shaped you and you may come to a place where there are things you want and need to say, but you've no language, you've no 
outlet for it in your present identity and here um, doing the work to see her own perhaps silence in a career that has spanned the globe and encompassed an enormous platform and you want to actually say something at some point Mm -hmm. that, that might challenge that past identity there is so much power in that lesson and I, I really hope we all maybe find ways that we can communicate and be more expressive, um, counter to what uh, expectations of us might be uh, from some sort of our past experience and past ways of being. Yeah, totally. I mean, just because you're a celebrity doesn't mean you have to shut up and just play basketball or sing songs or whatever. You know, you have a voice, too. It might not always be what we want to hear. But you have a right to, to say something, and if it's if it's based on 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 facts and reality, you know, um, you'll be checked on that. You know, people will. Um, I mean, some people will follow blindly, but I think something that is well thought out will be respected. Anyway, back in in 2019, uh, Taylor Swift shared an open letter uh, urging Senator Lamar Alexander of Tennessee. Uh, who was a Republican, to support the Federal Equality Act, which would enshrine protections for LGBTQ people. In 2020, Swift endorsed Joe Biden for president and criticized Trump on social media. Again, has every right to do this, and probably will do it again. And that's everyone's right, to be able to do something like that. You happen to be, you know, a leading celebrity? Well, that's uh, that's something that um, nobody can control. Least of all, Trump. So, yeah, interesting times ahead, but I just love how uh, they're freaking out over it, you know, and they're going to turn her into the enemy. It's going to be tough because, you know, she's basically got all these NFL people following her now. You know, uh, are they going to become the enemy or are they going to be the, uh, the the Trump soldiers that boo her on 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 the field or whatever? The whole thing is uh, really showing how ridiculous this has gotten. Well, personally, I think that um, the sport in general does does need this to a degree. Like, there's an emphasis, I think, on the kinds of ethos and um, whether it comes down to like sportsmanship, but also they're talking talking very seriously about injury on the field and sort of the impact that has including home life, like domestic violence and, you know, all of the, th- the, the things that um, can come with this, this thing that we're sort of uh, ingrained in and uh, treat as a national treasure in America, um, like so many other places that have a sport they, they love. It's got its rough edges. Mm-hmm. And um, there's, I think, a lot of strength in changing what the NFL means and stands for, but the challenge for them is how to do that without getting the W label, I'm saying woke, and getting um, pushback or alienating, like losing your core audience. Um, Same things like this have been sort of tried, or there's been, there was, uh, remember with NASCAR, the... uh, confederate flag thing mm-hmm. you know uh them needing desperately to change and grow as an institution i think the nfl is doing the same thing here um where not that it's like an operation but it is incredibly 
advantageous to say like, hey, we have a lot of fans who are not male. And um, this is actually uh, an aspect of our actual games. And you and I have been to um, a couple games actually this season. And that is a very like, it can be rowdy, but also pretty wholesome and fun Americana sort of experience. Went to one game this season. We're not fanatics. One game. Okay. It felt like many games. <laughs> well, it lasted a long time. Why does nobody complain you know I mean? about football taking three hours? Everyone complains about baseball taking a long time, which I happen to like because it's a thoughtful game. But football is just the same thing over and over again. Three hours long. It never stops. There's 20 seconds left. Oh, it's almost over. No, yeah. an hour later, they're still playing the same damn game. Right. Okay, get it out. I'm, I'm just, sorry. It's just, it need, just bugs me sometimes. you want a sip of water? I'd like that, yeah, but, uh, yeah. All right, you're at the 10-yard line here with the story, so I'll just be... And then they, like, sit on the ball because they want the clock to run out. You know, it's all this, like, fakeness, and I, I don't appreciate that either. Anyway, I'm critiquing and, and observing, and I just think that there is, you know, there's, there's benefits to this um, softening or otherwise, you know, bolstering... What 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 we think of when we talk about football, and that starts with, you know, the earliest uh, gameplay, right? You know, your high school football game, and and what all that means to people. Like they're really really trying because there are some challenges, I think, with with what the game is, but it also dominates unbelievably, and I think that has costs, right? Like. And and they know it, you know. Like if if you are the premier sport, but you're known for just cutting out anybody who doesn't conform to to what that is, like that is a negative impact that your your dominance has. So bringing in this story and kind of shedding light on you know players being. Uh, partners or in relationships at all. I mean, that's a tremendously powerful thing for all the storytelling that the National Football League does in America and what it does for society in their observance of it. So, yeah, maybe I don't think it's, it's, it's a really sinister thing, but it's definitely something that the NFL is is keen to share. Well, you know, I'm not sure how much the NFL is really involved. I mean, for one thing, yeah, I'll admit well, my no. ignorance. I'll admit my ignorance. You want to admit your ignorance? I don't even know the name of the player she's going out with. Do you? Yes. What's his name? Travis Kelsey. Okay, yeah, that sounds or right. Kelt. Kelt. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, no, that, that, that sounds right. Okay. Yeah, that story too. They, no, they changed the pronunciation of yeah. the name. Some. Yeah, I, I, I did. I saw that, but I'm got, I'm bad with names. Travis Kelsey. Okay, he he might be a Trump person. We don't know. Maybe they argue about this. Is, is well, he going to say something? Maybe he's not going to say anything. He probably won't. He, I think, has has been critiqued. There was, uh, I think, a, a PSA for uh, vaccinations that he was critiqued for. But you have this. Wait, all wait, 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 wait. What he was promoting vaccinations? Right, right. And he got critiqued for I that. I think he was one of the one of the people in the, in one of the recent um, COVID vaccine. Anyway, my point is, there's wow. all, there's all kinds of this like opinions and. And promoting it, st- I mean, even in the earliest days of like Gatorade ads in, and and uh, promotions and stuff. So I mean, we're surrounded by this. So yeah, may- maybe he is one way and then changes halfway through the campaign in an ultimate twist, like you said. Or they both 
uh, change and, and or um, write in Jill Stein. I don't know. Oh, don't do that. No, please, people. He's kidding. Don't do that. I, did I even say that out loud? Uh, third party is the worst thing for this yeah. year. It really is. But you're right. You're right. Like, we don't really know. But there And there is tons of projection mm-hmm. being put on this couple. And imagine that tension and, like, pressure. Well, I just hope it doesn't drive them to just remain silent or her to remain silent. When we know where she's coming from and she has every right to speak her mind and uh, a hell of a platform that uh, she should utilize because this is important, damn it. It really is something that needs to uh, to get out there. And I, I, I don't want to see anybody bullied into remaining silent. And the fact that, you know, this guy, you know, Travis Kelsey is saying something that is uh, common sense and uh, designed to keep us healthy and is criticized for that because of the psycho society we are currently in? No, that should not stand. That should not be something that, that uh, shuts people up in any way. I, that's the, the one of the only, like, outward things I can even associate with. I, I, got, I got something related. Well, first of all, uh, speaking of football. But it's, I think their players are more about just playing the game. And speaking play. of football, in real football, our, our friend Southampton, you remember we went to a Southampton game over in the U.K., I know, yeah. And they got knocked down into the second division uh, last year. They've been playing second division this year. Put they're, put in their place. They're doing quite well. Thanks for asking, Kyle. Uh, put in their place, really? That's that's how you're gonna. That's yeah. That was nasty. Uh huh. That, that, that was cheap. That'll that be was, some email for you was later. Really cheap. Um, but um, they're in the second division, and um, I, I, last I checked, they were in the top three, which means they are. Uh, prime candidates to be promoted back to the first division next year. But they're also playing in the FA Cup, and um, they played on Saturday. Uh, they already won the third round. That's when they entered the FA Cup, uh, and they, they won handily a, a few weeks ago. Uh, this Saturday, they did not win. They tied. And what that means is they get to play the same team again, and they're going to do that on the, uh, actually, a week from today, the 6th of February. So, so very soon. They're playing a team called Watford. So they, they had a 1-1 tie, or draw as they say, and um, when that happens, they do what they call replay, and they, they basically um, see whoever wins there, and they progress to the next round. Okay, um, moving away from sports and back into uh, vaccines, because we were just talking about that. This story just, um, I just saw this today on Newsday. The father of a student at Cold Spring Harbor Schools has sued the school district, seeking a court order to compel it to readmit his son after the student was not allowed in school due to a lack of valid immunization records. Now, this is um, related to that case of the uh, person who, uh, who, who faked a whole bunch of this. Um, lawsuit was filed yesterday uh, in Suffolk County Supreme Court. Um, by the father who said his son continues to suffer every day he is not allowed back in school. Um, his son was one of hundreds of Long Island school children who had vaccination records submitted to the state by Jeanette Breen of Baldwin, uh, who was fined $300,000 earlier this month for faking immunization records. Now, what I don't understand is why isn't this guy suing her? He's suing the school district? for not allowing his son to attend school with fake immunization records. <laughs> this doesn't add up by a lot here. In, in the petition, the student was identified by his first and last initials, MG, is younger than 16, had been a student in the district since the 2022-23 school year. 
His dad says being prevented from attending school has negatively affected my child socially and developmentally, especially here where the district expelled him when he did nothing wrong and made the determination in violation of his due process rights under the United States Constitution and New York State Education Law. Well, Dad, I, I don't understand what, what's so difficult here. Get him immunized. I mean, are you not concerned about that? The fact that you were lied to or were you part of this? You know, this, this person took your money and, and, and created a fake uh, immunization record, submitted that to the school, and for some reason you're holding them responsible. Now, not her. And saying your kids should be allowed to attend without being immunized, which you agreed to in the past when you submitted the fake records, which I presume you didn't know were fake, but maybe, you know, when you file a lawsuit against the wrong people, that makes me realize uh, there might be something else going on here. Um, it's not an arbitrary and capricious <laughs> act here, which is what he's accusing them of. Uh, he said, in New York State, the right to a free public education is a property right. Respondents deprived MG of property without due process of law. I didn't know education was property, but I guess it is. I, I just cannot stop myself from thinking that we should be so lucky to live in a society with functional, safe, and effective vaccines. <sighs> wow. Is this really worth all the trouble? And, yeah, I think it does show sort of negligence. The uh, State Department of Health uh, said that Breen falsified vaccination records for almost 1,500 children on Long Island and New York City and countless, uh, counties hundreds of miles away upstate. Um, wow. Uh, state officials said um, Breen's fraud began three months after the June 2019 elimination of religious exemptions for required school immunizations. Uh, it took place before the COVID-19 pandemic and did not include that vaccine. So this is not about COVID-19. It's about immunization, period. Health experts have said that children who are unvaccinated put other children and adults and babies at risk. And it's true. <laughs> you know, that's why we have them. Ever since I was a kid, there wasn't this kind of ridiculous controversy over saying, what is it with people who don't want to be healthy? They don't want health care. They don't want immunizations. You know, they, they, they want to spread disease around. I mean, I've heard about this, you know, back in the dark ages. You know, we always assumed people were dumber back then. But well, I don't know. I think we pretty much stayed the same intelligence. What it is, it's like sort of floating as a pseudo science, but really just like an alternative lifestyle. But it is wholly like really, really damaging to to what we actually understand about pathologies in large groups of humans. We've act I mean, it it would almost fit into an alternative like life science or lifestyle, but for all the actual science and, and um um progress that we've made in, in analytics and I don't know. I mean and it and it's always thrown at people with like, well there aren't enough questions and it's always changing and you can't trust the science and all of this uh, craziness, but it's built on fail failures and things that are reviewed and, and uh, proven to be, be success and effective treatments um, move on to being sort of um, something that can be 
clinical decisions can be formed on the basis of that progress, but it's it's just it's uh, kind of absurd um, as just sort of choosing like okay, um, well th- this is uh, helpful in its own right, and it sort of hasn't changed in whatever however many years people have been um, kind of against modern immunization, it's not parallel. And it, it doesn't compare as in efficacy. And again, I just think like, man, how about though the fact that it's 2024 and we actually have so much uh, in the way of vaccines and knowledge around their development and, and usefulness in society, specifically in groups where you have people, you know, uh, Commingling and and in education or, or whatever uh, living circumstances, all of that across uh, people's life cycles, it's important. And I just feel like if you can endure the side effects, you're doing so much benefit to vulnerable people around you that you will never even know. Like you'll never even understand the kinds of protection you're offering by. Um, taking the risk, whatever that may be, of, of getting an immunization. Yeah, yeah. science is not the enemy here. I, I know science has been politicized uh, by people who feel that um, they can use it to get what they want and somehow make another grand conspiracy. It's Taylor Swift, it's scientists, doctors, everybody, you know, against the far right in this country. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe that is the case because, you know, people who have education and, uh, you know, do the research... Um, reach certain conclusions that tend to be similar. But, um, yeah, get your kid immunized, for God's sake. <laughs> don't, don't, don't subject them or other people to, uh, um, to idiocy. <sighs> okay, um, let's, let's, let's move on. A member of the pro-Nazi group, um, White Lives Matter, <laughs> those, those guys, yeah, um, was sentenced to 18 years in federal prison for firebombing an Ohio church that had been planning to host two drag events. Oh, yeah, the ultimate threat. Uh, Amin Penny, a 20-year-old far-right extremist from Ohio, was arrested last year after he made Molotov cocktails and threw them at the community church of Chesterland in Chesterland, Ohio, on March the 25th of last year. Penny pleaded guilty in October to a church arson hate crime, as well as using fire and explosives to commit a felony. Judge Bridget Meehan Brennan sentenced Penny to a total of 216 months in prison on Monday. That's that's 18 years. Imagine if he hadn't pleaded guilty and was found guilty how much he would have gotten. In a sentencing memo, federal prosecutors said that church burnings have a long and sordid history in the United States and said that burning a church is as potent a symbol of hate as burning a cross on a lawn or leaving a hanging noose. According to prosecutors, Penny had previously traveled to Wadsworth, Ohio, in advance of a drag queen story hour to distribute propaganda flyers for the group, during an interview with the FBI, and, and, and listen to this, Penny stated that he would have felt better if the Molotov cocktails were more effective and burned the entire church to the ground. Yeah. Uh, appearing in court for the sentencing, Penny did not apologize and justified his actions as protecting children. You know... The children do need protecting from the loonies out there that think like this, that spread this kind of hate and ignorance. And they are very aware 
They are very aware of what's right and what's wrong. And this is just so wrong. Oh, wow. Um, we really, really do not. Um, geez. Uh, sorry. I, there's a lot of ways to think about this, and we really don't have as much time as I would love to kind of pull apart so many aspects of this story. Um, that person is um, much uh, a fraction, shall I say, of, of, of my lived experience, my age. And uh, that just tells me, like, okay, and then you don't even have to be, like, a, an extremist to harbor that kind of um, anger and uh, loathing of queer people and the idea of them being around young people, even in, like, um, pedagogical, which is teacher role, you know, teaching them to read and sharing and, and even presenting as kind of a different version of all the kinds of adults they're around normally. Um, it to me is so, um, hard because even within that community, people are incredibly tough on themselves and hate themselves and loathe and have trouble, um, loving themselves for who they are. It, it can happen, uh, early on or later in life or, you know, as a teenager and in school as a student, people don't even understand that the lived experience of this group is very hard. And it's not like, it's not a exaggeration. It's, it's not the same for everyone, but it is incredibly difficult. So to have, uh, spaces that are, that are safe or fun or, um, a positive experience, both for someone that's teaching, but also for um, young people that might not have positive role models or or um, someone that can make the time to re even read to them. Uh, it, it's, for that to be under threat and for people to be willing to go out there and, and contribute to the community, I, I don't know. It just it really guts me because uh, it tells me that, like, we publicly, we, we show off a lot of change in, in the media, but it – for someone like that to have to have a plan like that to be so violent, um, like I said, it's, it's you don't even have to be an extremist. There are many people that really don't um, have a very positive understanding, or they basically are really lacking in good information about what queer people are actually like and what their experience is like, and what they're perpetuating by treating them with this kind of uh, hate and 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 discrimination. So yeah, turning a good thing into a crime scene and then not having any apology. Mm -hmm. Wow! And that's someone who's young, maybe radicalized, but um, that just tells me that a lot of my own um, uh, stories and 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 friends' experiences, the, the ways that this goes, hasn't changed a lot. And my understanding of what it is to be um, uh, a member of this community, it's it is a difficult task, and and under this kind of scrutiny to have to, people's mania just throwing their assumptions around and um, and and victimizing what is otherwise a positive thing, victimizing you for being 
for, for putting yourself out there. It's just it's just crushing. This is so incredibly disappointing. And I can't this is why I can't stand um some of the like patting on the back we do as a society. Like, oh, it's so much different. Yeah. Our metric our 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 um sort of low, low bar in this society is we associate drag with performers and not Matthew Shepard. Okay? Mm-hmm. My reality is who and what Matthew, Matthew Shepard's story was. That's my understanding of what society does to queer people. Okay? So tell me all day long how much it's changed. It really, really has not in some parts of our society. What I find um, particularly disturbing here is that um, this guy is a member of a group called White Lives Matter. You know? First of all, that's got nothing to do with uh, the queer or drag community in any way. But you can see it's it's a doorway into all kinds of ugliness. And you might say, you know, an innocent sounding phrase like white lives. Matter. Of course, white lives matter because all lives do matter. And that's you're missing the point of the Black Lives Matter movement. If you feel that you have to say that and we can talk about that and we have talked about that. But in this particular case, White Lives Matter is a white supremacist slogan. Started back in 2015. And it's all over the place. This guy is not something that is particularly unusual. There are lots of people like that. There are people like that in whatever community you are in right now. And thank God this guy was stopped. Thank God this guy is being put away. But there are many, many more. And... They get angrier by the day, and when we move in a positive direction, or when we defeat them in one way or another, they act as well. And we have to be ready for that. We can't ignore it. It's another reason why, you know, not participating this year is particularly deadly. These people could be running the show. Or put into places of great authority Mm -hmm. or, um, yeah, influence in our, our system of government. The platform for what the GOP is putting up is dismantling, gutting, uh, 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 redirecting. I mean, th- th- I don't know how many different transformational words I can throw out there. Again, I like run- the, we're running out of time. We are running out of time in many, more ways than one. But it, they've been very clear their intentions. Well, I like I like to I like to see what some of the uh, Republicans have to say in response to this story. Because, you know, it hasn't gotten that much attention. I, I did just see this today for the first time, actually. Um, but, um, you know, there, nothing short of a strong condemnation of what this person stands for and what they planned on doing and the hate that they, they spread around. You know, if you want to uh, wake up a bit, go to uh, Wikipedia, read the White Lives Matter page, and you'll see how this group is everywhere. All states. And um, they stand for some horrible things. In fact, they, they, they exist in different parts of the world as well. So, um, of course, Kanye West wore White Lives Matter shirt. You know, that's all kinds of, of connections and, um, and ways that people can get drawn into this ugliness. But as Kyle said, we don't have time for that right now. Can I end on something positive? Uh, okay, the, the MTA, Metropolitan Transportation Authority, uh, they have reached an agreement, a tentative agreement, to buy the Lawrence Aviation Lawrence Aviation site in the Port Jefferson Station, uh, and also put up a solar farm there and have some open space as well. Now, 
what that means is that's a first step, a very necessary first step in having a train yard there. And having a train yard there is a necessary step in electrifying the Port Jefferson train branch, which currently is only electrified up until Huntington. That's why everybody has to get off the train and get onto another train at Huntington more times than not. And, uh, boy, it would be nice to have a fast ride into the city, wouldn't it? It's possible. But we have to push. We have to pressure. And um, it's good to see that there is some movement. It's not enough. It still has to be, you know, budgeted. It still has to, uh, you know, be planned and constructed and all that. But this this is important, and this is a step. Trains are cool, and they have computers uh, that they are aided um, in designing a lot of these projects with, and it's cool to see what the computers can do. And you said computer, and that's the name of our uh, assistant there. So now it's talking to us, and uh, we're going to have to turn the microphones off. Um, you know what else is cool? Indigenous music. And don't ever say it's boring. It's very, it's very American. It, as American as anything. DJ Shub. We'll see you next week. OTW at 2600.com. Nothing less. Good night.